secrets from a coach. Thrive and maximise your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson of Phenomenal Training. Debs, hola. Hola, Laura. Over here in Spain, how exciting. Our first transnational podcast recording, how exciting. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to see you, looking very relaxed, Laura. Lovely. So listen, this is the first of our episodes that we've called Summer 2021 R&R. And it's a bit of a riff on the theme of relax and rest, uh, the R&R, but we're calling it Reflect and Review. And we thought it might be quite cool if we had a look at, for the month of August, what are the top four most popular, most listened to episodes. And let's revisit those on a year on most of them, to then see, uh, put a, a kind of a 2021 lens through on it. Yeah, really good. And especially when, I don't know if you have managed to catch the Olympics and obviously the Euros, when it still had 2020 written in it. And it's the most bizarre thing to go, well, we are on a further on a year. So the fact that we are reviewing what we did in 2020 in 2021, that feels more safe and secure yeah, I agree. In fact, that spangled my brain a little bit because I then did write the date the other day and I started writing 20, 2020, you know, in the kind of the year bit. Oh my God. And especially having been away, et cetera, but looking at, again, these big key sporting events with the wrong date in, I'm not sure how healthy that is, to be fair, actually, in terms of processing and um, assimilating what's happened and being able to move forward you know, potentially harking back and looking back a, a, year, a year ago and sort of pretending that this year hasn't happened does a disservice to our own development. Yeah, and I and I think you're right because it does make you think, well, have, have we actually gone through it? I mean, people are struggling anyway with the date, you know, how long have we been in lockdown? And you go, is it 2019? No, no, it wasn't that, it was this. And, and you know, just to reinforce it all over with 2020, it... Yeah, it's, it's certainly throwing some people into a little bit of um, a chaotic thinking around where am I? Yeah, too right. I mean, even just when you visualise the um, the change curve, you know, the whole thing about the change curve is looking forward. And if actually the world is pretending that it's still 2020. So that that really, I think, is, uh, is not helpful in terms of actually being able to kind of process and move on. So um, why is that useful? Well, certainly based on the conversations we've had with clients, friends, all the people in our professional personal network, there's a lot of change going on. And there's a lot of individuals taking some pretty big decisions in regards to their professional life. I know I've got a dear friend of mine who has really thought long and hard about um, the possibility of being able to set up in a self-employed basis after many, many years of being employed. And the biggest things are, can I do it? Who am I to think that I can Everyone else looks like they know exactly what they're doing. Um, little old me, you know, I'm just making it up as I go along. And it's classic imposter syndrome, which, as it happens, was our very first podcast episode from uh, back in September 2020. So the imposter syndrome, still as valid now as it was then, Debs? Absolutely. And I was doing some reading, actually. And what I, you know, two thirds of us, um, according to the 2019 Imposter Syndrome Research Study, um, showed that, as I said, two thirds of us have struggled with that in, to some degree. And actually, we're struggling in silence in relation to when we talk about imposter syndrome. 
in both men and women. I know we talked about that on our original podcast. Does it impact men more than women or women more than men? And the answer is no. Um, And it's just really to understand that, you know, imposter syndrome is never useful or necessary. And it's often a warning sign for um, some fear that's running underneath the surface of that. And, you know, we need to sort of confront that and deal with it and talk about it and and share what's going on for us because subconsciously we are sort of choosing to sabotage our own successes. And like when you're setting up a business, like you're saying your friend is, it's that bit that says, can I do that? And it's like, why wouldn't you? And what's your success? And, And it's that bit that says, you know, the actions that we take in relation to imposter syndrome is which inner voice are we actually listening to? You know, are we listening to our inner coach or are we listening to our inner critic? And it's that bit um, which will differentiate whether you're successful or whether you stay, oh my God, am I here? Should I do this? I'm not sure if I can. What if I can't? I'm going to be caught out. All of the things that you hear people talking about. Um, because imposter syndrome is actually your sense of identity. Um So who are you? Whereas the difference between that and self-doubt, self-doubt is about your skills and capability, whereas your imposter syndrome is more about your sense of identity. So who am I? What am I great at? And I know we talked about this before. You know, what am I really good at? What are my talents? You know, I'm doing it because I'm blooming brilliant at it. And why wouldn't I not do it? And it's reminding yourself of that as well, I think, Law. And, you know, we could have been having this conversation in the 60s, 70s, 80s, when these kind of terms were coming around. What has fascinated me about doing the roles that we do through this pandemic period is there are some unique nuances and um, very unique special circumstances that then lend itself to more feelings of imposter syndrome, et cetera, and then the knock-on effects that might have over um, our mental health, sense of well-being, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I know on the, the webinar that our first podcast um, kind of sprang off the back of is where we looked at shedding the imposter syndrome. What really struck me is just as I was reviewing and reflecting on that was there's this amazing chart that we show, which shows the exponential rate of growth in terms of technology. And I remember I went to a lecture a number of years ago by this amazing tech person who really described so visually about what exponential growth means. So the impact that then has is, is could it be that things are rapidly changing and evolving so quickly that no one is feeling ahead of the learning curve? We're all feeling a little bit caught out because there's so much rapid change. And just to have a think about exponential um, uh, growth and what that means is if you imagine one grain of rice on one square of a chessboard, there are 32 squares on a chessboard. And if you imagine that as each square goes along, it doubles. So the first um, square has one grain, second square has two grains, then four and so on and so on. By the time you get to that 32nd square, it's 1.2 quintillion bits of rice. Wow. (laughs) There's not enough rice (laughs) in the world to be able to maintain that level of exponential growth. And exponential is just that continuing doubling. And there's a point that you get, as we've seen with our technology, where suddenly, woof, we first of all had one bit vehicle that we needed to keep on top of our messages with. And suddenly, wow, we've got so much that we need to keep up with. Um, and kind of the, the, um, the thing that can help with that is number one, recognizing this is more change than our brain is able to cope with. So, um, if you're feeling like you're, you're not, you know, 
from an imposter point of view, everyone else has got it licked and I'm the only one that's struggling. Well, you're human and the human brain is unable to deal with that. And the link with um, the exponential bit is our technology is doubling each year. So Moore's processing law, which was, he put this together in the 1960s, that the amount of data you could process would double each year for half the cost has pretty much stayed true. So we have got far more things flying around and doubling each year than potentially we were set up for. So the more that you can process as you go, keep that learning curve on so that we might all be feeling a little bit unconscious incompetent at the moment, but uh, shifting that in into, I don't even know what I don't know yet, but becoming aware of what are the things that I probably need to be more aware of, what are the things I can let go, what might I need to start practising, conscious competence, to then actually get a few more skills under my belt. And of course, summer, the reason why we came up with this idea with the R&R, it's a perfect time to just pause to then set up nicely for September. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's that bit around making sure you do take the time. And a lot of the people I'm speaking to at the moment are taking a moment to reflect on what do I want to do come September? So like the new school year, you know, they're already thinking about how do I um, set myself up for success? And I'm, you know, catching up with somebody on Monday who's already planning around September. So we're doing a face-to-face, which is really cool. And we're looking at, you know, what is it that they want to do and want to change? Um, You know, we're talking about, you know, being really, really super clear on your why. You know, what is it that you want to change and do differently? Um, And also making sure that you're avoiding you know, those traps that we can fall into when we're we have fear, which I think is really important um, around that. And, you know, it's, there are sort of five core fears which link into imposter syndrome around that. And, and that's what drives most people's behaviour when it comes to that. Um, And the first is that, that, which is the biggest one that I always hear is this fear of failure. So what we're doing is we're not actually finishing something Um, And then the self-talk we're giving is, I'm not good enough. So we're actually potentially procrastinating because it's that bit of it where you're, well, what if I fail? But what if you fly, as you always talk about in that quote? Um, And then the second one is that bit around being, you know, there's a fear of success as well. Um, Because this then plays into our fear of being visible and exposed, if you like. So We sometimes don't take credit for our successes because we don't want the spotlight on us um, and therefore we dim our light. I always talk about, you know, shining your light from within, um, but we don't because there's that fear of success which plays into that, I'm going to be judged as well, which is really interesting to explore, you know, when you're exploring that with somebody about, well, what sits behind that? You know, how can you be successful? What do you need to consider and think about? Um, And thinking about, you know, why? Why do you need to make the changes? So thinking about it from there. And the other thing that I think um, came out of a call we did today, actually, was this fear of criticism. Um, You know, some of the things we're talking about at the moment is this bit about not wanting to share your brilliant ideas because somebody might criticise you or they've seen somebody else being criticised because of it. Um, You know, and that being trolled or being judged, it actually, we don't want to put ourselves in that arena either. So we stay really quiet. And I think that's the one for me where it, that's quite sad because it's that how do we then as leaders of managers of teams encourage those brilliant ideas that people have um, so that you know, people share because that's how we learn and grow and get to that 
you know, unconsciously competent stage where, you know, we now know it and we're really good at it and we're just doing it without thinking. Um, and the fourth one is this fear of rejection, um, which, as we know, that's sort of hardwired in our brain. We love to belong. We want to be part of a tribe. Um, and that's basically how our ancestors stayed alive. Um, and we don't want to be seen as being different because then we have that fear of criticism, which then means, okay, if I put myself out there, are people going to judge me? And it sort of all sort of starts to feed into one. Um, and then the other one that um, I sort of had forgotten about and then sort of thought about even more was this fear of lack of money. And this this can actually men think, oh my God, do I deserve a pay rise? Can I ask for a pay rise? If I do, will I be frowned upon? Which again, you know, I'd be criticised for it. So all of these things you can run um, at different times and we have more than one running, if you like, underneath our thinking. And that plays a part in our imposter syndrome as um, it sort of it sets our expectation by our reticular activating system in our brain. Uh, where we usually see what we expect to see. So if you're running on a fear of failure, your brain will automatically filter that external sensory information for you um, to give you examples that then back that up. So your self-talk could become what we call that self-fulfilling you know, prophecy. Um, you know, and I know, you know when you think about that saying, you, know, you get what you think you're thinking about wanted or not, it's how do we therefore change some of that language and the script that we're telling ourselves. Debs, I, I love that thing about the five core fears. And I'm just thinking of people I've spoken to who are on, you know, the, the precipice of some pretty big changes. So for anyone who's listening in, who's got some big stuff that they want to kind of start to activate, but, you know, they feel like they're held back a bit by these feelings of, am I worthy? Can I do this? The imposter stuff. I'm thinking, well, that fear, fear of failure get a plan rather than try to succeed, plan to succeed. The second fear, fear of success, get a buddy. So if you think about how uh, we work, get a buddy, get a team, because then there's less wobbling when there's a couple of you who are able to kind of bounce off each other. Even if you're going to be a solopreneur, get someone that you can who can run alongside with you. It's, it's life-changing. The third fear of criticism, I think, um, by setting it out already from the start of work in progress, then you don't need to worry about it being the final thing. If it's uh, if it's work in progress, then that just then removes that fear as well. The fourth fear about rejection, I think keeping balance so there's a context. If that endeavour you've got is the only thing you've got going on in your life, then one little knock can have more in impact on it than if you've maybe kept, been able to maintain some balance. And then the fifth fear about lack of money, I think look at the bank account and set a budget. Don't run from it. Don't hide from it. Yeah. The fear will build. <laughs> you know, if yeah. you're an adult looking to make some big adult choices, you've got to open up the bank account and look at it. You know, so that that's the quickest way to get over that fear because often we worry more late at night about what is or isn't there. And actually then to just open it up and have a reality check is the first step then to removing some of that fear. Yeah, and I, I think you're so right, Law. And actually then it's those, the language then that we use, you know, as well. And And, you know, that bit... You know, some of the things we have to catch our language, as I always call it, because some of that, um, the words that we're using are, you know, are hiding in our self-talk, which doesn't help us. So when we use words like if or but or try or just, they're actually playing into that negative self-talk as well. You know, because if we're saying, for instance, if, you know, if that doesn't go as well as I think it will, 
um, it opens up the option for it not to go very well. Because again, it's playing into that mind talk, well, actually, yeah, if it doesn't go well, you know, that doesn't help us. So the alternative, as we say to if, is then when. So when it goes well, you know, and therefore it goes back to your plan as to, you know, what am I going to do to plan for it to go well? Um, and as you know, I always talked about but um, before, anything before but is rubbish, um, you know, so it negates everything that came before it. So, you know, when you hear people saying, or even yourself saying, yeah, I agree with that, but it just means you don't. So don't kid yourself, you know, own it. And, you know, we always say the alternative to using but is to put in the and. Um, so instead of that, you know, put and in, and then that moves the conversation along. Um, you know, and the other one that I always remember, you know, you used to get told, you know, that bit around if you fir- if at first you don't succeed, then try, try, try again. Um, and there are, I always think there are two big no-nos in that, in that statement. Firstly, why would you try again if you haven't figured out why it didn't work the last time? Why would you not, you know, why would you try again if you know it's not going to work? Figure out why it didn't work and then you can, you know, do a little bit around it. But it's, you know, and that goes back to that bit around, you know, good old Yoda, my favourite quote ever, which is do or do not, there is no try. You know, find the way, find what what went wrong, what can I do differently next time? How can I put a different plan in place? Who do I need to buddy with? You know, that then helps you move away from, oh, well, I'll give it another go. Well, why would you do it if it's not working? So find it, find the floor and fix it, as we say. Um, and then the just is also another one. This is a great way that to, for people to stay stuck and play small, as we call it. You know, and it's that, well, you know, I just wanted to ask or could I just? It's like, oh, this is about you not standing in your own personal power and confidence, which links back into understanding who you are, you know, to avoid that am I good enough statement, which comes out a lot, is knowing that you are based on who you are, what you bring and how, you know, your qualities. I think you're so spot on about that thing about the word just. And I think in the 21 years I've been running sessions with sales teams, customer service teams, I reckon about four times a year, I have um, gently just brought someone's attention to the fact that they describe themselves around the room as, oh, I'm just Laura. I only do the admin. What? Yeah. <laughs> Get me the list of all the things that you do. You're basically single-handed running the office. (laughs) It's not just admin. It's not only me. And you see this kind of look of where people have just slipped into these language patterns. But I think what you're describing is just reminding me about how we slip into these language patterns. You're basically telling yourself where you are in the world. And if you're introducing yourself or leaving voicemail messages of, oh, it's just me, I'm only ringing, you're already sort of putting yourself way down on that seesaw. And it's, uh, you know, I hope that those 30, 40-odd people that over the years have just, even for the first time, thought, God, that's how I introduced myself. I just really hope that has then enabled them to do, as the person who first gave me that feedback, is watch your language. The more you do yourself down and put yourself down, guess what? There'll be a crunch point where you think, do I, don't I? And all that messaging you've given yourself is saying, run away! (laughs) And could it be that actually the pandemic is the perfect, perfect time 
the ideal time to then think, well, there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment. So who are you not to give it your best shot? Because I think the the other bit about imposter syndrome is that people worry as well. What, what you said, people worry about being judged and being criticised. But um, no one's got it licked at the moment. So whoever is actually judging outward is probably holding themselves up hugely to internal judgment and they are so worried about getting found out they're making other people <laughs> more worried about getting found out yeah it's it's just mad isn't it and that bit around you know i would say you know, to sort of compensate that is to catch it catch it when you're doing it if you can accept it breathe and then choose another way to do it so you can flip your thinking into that i can so it just gives you that 60 seconds of space to then choose a different path or choose a way forward from it rather than sit and swim in it, which is really important. I love it, Debs. Catch it, accept it, listen to it, breathe, and then choose then what happens next. And actually, summer 2021, what an ideal time to reflect and learn and process so you can uh, bounce on the best version of yourself rather than um, despite what's going on because of what's going on. And actually for many people, this is unlocking maybe some of those trapped old ways of thinking about it and it can be terrifying at the start. But actually for all of us imposters out there who are thinking about this, what we would suggest is switch it to the Inspirer syndrome because you giving it your best shot and trying against all the odds and planning to be able to do what you can, to do the best that you can with the circumstances that you have. You never know who's watching you from the sidelines, being really inspired by what you're doing. So rather than the imposter syndrome, we're saying, Dev, bring on the Inspirer syndrome. Actually, you giving it your best shot through your own learning curve. You never know who you are secretly inspiring. Mm, yeah, definitely. And I think that leads into a sort of a call for action for people to think about, you know, being grateful, gratitude, that thank you letter to yourself, if you like, where, you know, that you know, to create a, a successful way of thinking is about making sure that you're showing gratitude little and often. Um, you don't just think it, you feel it. So as well as acknowledging the thought, feel it, you know, what are you really grateful for? How does that make you feel? Um, and be really specific about it and then write it down because then you can't dispute what you've written down, right? It's there in black and white for you to reflect back on. Love it. And my share the secret for this episode would be think of someone, maybe it's yourself, who has got a big step ahead of them. And then how can you help be their buddy? So actually, rather than falling off the cliff, you're the kite <laughs> that leads in <laughs> and helps them fly. Because when you feel like you've got a running mate with you, anything is possible because you can dare each other. And just think how much you and I have been able to take up and dare. So we kind of go, can we do this? And then the other one goes, go on then, let's dare ourselves. You think, okay then, and because someone else is nodding along, you think, well, that's the plan. You know, and it's amazing how you yeah. can start all these things because there's that teamwork. So that daring of each other, I think that would be my share the secret. Definitely. That's a good one. I like that. So I'm going to let you get back to the pool or and enjoy your <laughs> pina colada and whatever it is oh, you're yes. having. Yes, absolutely. And then it's right back on the still water for the next six weeks. <laughs> Have a safe trip, Law. Oh, thanks, Di. Right, love you. See you the next one. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email on secretsfromacoach at aol.com or follow us on Instagram at secretsfromacoach.com.